When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We would be honored if you would join us. Oh man, what a beautiful conclusion to the Clone Wars and a lovely tie-in to Revenge of the Sith. If you were there during the watch party of my episode 12 finale for the Clone Wars, then hey... It was great to have you there, and it's great to have you here at this breakdown. Now, if you weren't, it's going to be a new thing we're going to be doing. So, lots more watch parties to come, including the prequels, originals, sequels, and all the new Mando episodes. It was a really fun time, and I can't wait to do more with the community. So, this episode is a heck of a doozy. It's very dark, and it really ties in Revenge of the Sith perfectly with what's going on everywhere else in the galaxy with the characters that we love. I like to think that this arc of the Clone Wars, the last four episodes, really shows Order 66, not from Anakin's point of view because we've already gotten that, as cool as it would be to, you know, get him through the temple just owning all the Jedi Masters, which is what I wish we would have saw in the films, but this really shows what goes on in the minds and for the story of Ahsoka, Rex, and Maul during Order 66. So we start the episode with the title screen and the music is a rendition of the composition in Revenge of the Sith when Padme's funeral is taking place and Vader is rising from the mechanical table. This takes place maybe 20 minutes or so after Order 66 is executed so I'm guessing Anakin most likely is at the temple during all of this. I have a really weird breakdown theory at the end of this video. After I go over that really intense dark ending that needs a lot of breaking down actually. Where I take a pretty good guess at what parts in this episode line up with Revenge of the Sith. Alright, so this animation, needless to say, was next level. Lucasfilm hit the ball out of the park with this one. Everything is accounted for. Even, you know, pay attention to the pupils of each character. They contract and expand according to the light and emotion that they're experiencing. A major thing from this episode that I really liked is that we got to see the clones talking to one another during Order 66, showing that they didn't become mindless robots, rather they could be reasoned with, all by, you know, sticking to their orders. They still were themselves. They just had it in their heads that the Jedi committed treason and therefore needed to be executed just like the Separatists. The episode was a beautiful conclusion to the Clone Wars and puts a ribbon on Revenge of the Sith. It was everything I wanted and more, especially that ending. That part in particular left me completely speechless. And for those of you who attended the watch party were just as at a loss for words as I was. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. Ahsoka's arc had really curved nicely at this point, and to be honest, I have more questions after all of this than I had going in. What happened to Wolf and Gregor? Have they taken their chips out yet? If so, how? If not, will Rex find them and help them? What did Vader do with Ahsoka's sabers? Does the appearance of Morai reveal anything? Does he still care for Ahsoka? Does he feel remorse, regret for what has been done? Where did Maul go? 
How does he get the Darksaber again? Did Maul feel regret for what he did to Ahsoka? Anyways, as usual, let's break things down scene by scene for the most part, then get to the discussion through and after. Part 4, Victory and Death. Now, the victory isn't for the good guys, obviously. Well, I guess the good guys are a certain point of view, as someone would say. The victory is for Sidious, and death is for the clones and Jedi. Ahsoka orders Rex to set his blasters to stun. She doesn't want to kill any of the clones, even though they want to kill her. This continues to push the narrative that is Ahsoka, which shows that even when they're trying to kill her, she sees the good in them, and what's happening to them isn't under their control. Some might say it's naive, but this is what makes Ahsoka so pure. Tano uses the Force in conjunction with Rex's stun blasts, and we see some pretty cool powers from her. They make their way out of there, where we continue with Maul as he Force chokes clones and makes his way to the hyperdrive room, sporting the clone's wrist calm device that he took from the severed clone arm in the previous episode, when he took that arm clean off in that dark, cool scene. He listens in on their positions and plans of attack, kind of giving him a bit of an edge. He dodges blasters and uses their own weapons against them. Maul is an absolute beast, and we get to see his full powers in these episodes. He wastes no time. He knows that if he's going to get out of there, he needs to move quicker than Tano. Going full Starkiller on us, and there are a few of those Starkiller scenes in this episode, actually, which I'll reveal as we go through this. He brings the generators and whole place down with the Force, bringing the whole Venator out of hyperspace and to a screeching halt. Ahsoka takes Rex to the navigation room. As they try to figure out what happened, they find out the hyperdrives were destroyed by Maul, and they realize they're caught in the moon's gravitational field. This is a bit of a callback or call forwards to the Death Star. That's no moon as they open the doors to reveal a massive moon covered in ice caps. So you know it's going to get frosty somewhat soon there. They need to get off that ship or they'll die by either the clones or crash to the surface of the moon. As they open the doors in the hangar, they see an escape ship and with it all of Jesse's men as he leads them to ambush Ahsoka and Rex, believing Rex to have aided in Ahsoka's escape. They realize the clones have them outnumbered. Rex explains that Ahsoka should stop caring about not hurting them, as his brothers, those soldiers, are ready to die to kill them, to do their duty in executing Order 66. Ahsoka tells him that they, like him, are good soldiers. They may be ready to die, but she's not going to be the one to kill them. This, again, is Ahsoka at her finest. Even in the face of death against all odds, her morals stand above all. It's a very rare quality to find in a person, and that's another reason why she's such a great character. Ahsoka's got a plan, and Rex brings her out to Jesse and the clones at gunpoint. This scene was revolutionary. It shows Rex trying to convince Jesse, who is under the influence of the inhibitor chip to execute Order 66, along with everyone else. Whereas it was somewhat unknown if a clone could be convinced or even reasoned with or spoken with after Order 66 was executed. That they didn't just turn into mindless droids, basically an organic separatist army, kind of, almost no different than the droids themselves. What this shows is that they can be reasoned with, that even Jesse was putting down his blasters and then Order 66 was kicking in, the inhibitor chip kicked in again, and brought him back to his duty. It seems like their memories are still all there, and they remember that Ahsoka, even though she's not a Jedi, as Rex tries to remind them of that, are set on killing her, because she's marked as an enemy of the Republic. It's the same as Maul here. If they're enemies of the Republic, they die. So it's not that they became mindless drones, but rather they fully believed the Jedi had indeed committed treason against the Republic, and needed to be executed. 
To the clones at this point, it seems like there's no difference between the Separatists and the Jedi. While Rex buys time, the droids activate the decks and drop the troopers, as our heroes make quick work of the clones, stunning them. Maul runs in, making way for the last ship there. As Ahsoka tries to cut him off, she almost kills him by her blade when his quick reflexes dodge it, and he sends a powerful force push where she falls to her almost doom. As the droid shoots his tow cable for her to grab a hold of, Jesse shoots her from below. Maul gets in, blasts off, but he's held and stuck in midair. This is where she makes her way to her feet and uses the force to hold his ship. She is immensely powerful. Now, I thought of Starkiller once again when I saw this scene. Of course, he did it with, you know, a massive Star Destroyer, but also Rey, who did this in Episode 9. Ahsoka has become more powerful than we could have imagined. And it makes me wonder why Yoda didn't try to do this ship hold maneuver technique as Dooku escaped in Attack of the Clones. I mean, he was so powerful he could have just done it with his mind while he was maybe saving Anakin, but perhaps he didn't have enough time to do that and, you know, save Skywalker and Obi-Wan. Anyways, Ahsoka realizes she must choose between letting Maul go or Rex dying, and she lets him go, continuing to fight alongside Rex. Maul makes his jump to hyperspace, and I know a lot of fans think that he may have shown signs of regret or remorse for leaving Ahsoka there, you know, having second thoughts, but I think when he looked downwards, that's why fans are thinking this, it was merely to see what navigational button he was going to touch. I really don't think Maul cares. It's Maul, after all. He doesn't really care about anyone but himself or his interests, you know, or at the most, his own blood, like Savage, his dead brother, who he... Yeah, he partially cared about. She then does the same move as Anakin in Revenge of the Sith here, which is a really nice callback and touch since it happens all within a similar time period, where she throws her lightsabers to the ground and spins around as they cut a hole, dropping them a level below to more clones. The whole fight between Ahsoka and clones is very intense and it doesn't get repetitive or boring at all. In fact, I could go for a full hour and just watch her fight clones, maybe even more. It shows her mastery over the Force and her lightsaber as they try to kill her. She remains confident of her conviction to not kill them and thwarts the blasts away instead of at them or, you know, just in any direction. She's really consciously using her efforts to save them. They find another shuttle to get out of there as Ahsoka flies outside of it while Rex pilots it, making a cool scene of her getting into the ship as she runs alongside the crashing Venator on fire. Now when she's flying out through the sky here, this scene really reminded me of the Force Unleashed, and I think that's what they were trying to nod to. I also want to take note and show that Rex really cares for Ahsoka. He was willing to kill his own brothers in order to save and protect her. And I think this is one of the reasons that I mentioned in the last breakdown for the last episode, why he was able to stave off Order 66, you know, for a few more seconds, buying her some time and allowing her to survive, whereas the other Jedi didn't really get that buffer period. Rest in peace, Ki-Adi Mundi. All right, so the end here, here is probably what you came for, and this is where things really need a breakdown as they get very intense, very moving, and emotional. We see the crashed Venator as Rex comes back to the shuttle with a shovel, having just buried his brothers. He looks out to see Ahsoka looking at all the troopers' helmets, some grubs, some of her legion, some of the 501st, and of course, settling on Jesse's helmet. All helmets are above their respective graves. Ahsoka looks at her lightsaber. As she contemplates what has now happened in the galaxy, dropping her Jedi weapon, as she knows she cannot be seen with it anymore, as it would be a direct indicator of her Jedi lineage, and therefore, be her undoing and all those around her. The path she is about to travel is now unknown, and her past can never be spoken of again. Her true identity will have to be a secret until Rebels. Now, as for her two lightsabers, we see that she just dropped the one 
So where's the Shoto? That's really unknown to me, as she had them both clipped to her belt when she was jumping off the Venator. Now in the Ahsoka novel, Vader does give Ahsoka's lightsaber hilt to one of the Inquisitors. Now how she constructed her new ones? Well, she got some scrap metal parts from Radar, and then took the crystals from Inquisitors' lightsabers and made them purified, meaning she took them from their red bled color to white. The scene transitions to an Imperial Lambda-class T4A shuttle landing on a snowy surface. This shuttle was used only for those of high rank, either military or command. This is the same moon that we just saw Ahsoka on. However, time has passed. How long is the time jump? Well, I'm really not sure, but it's long enough for Vader to have gotten his lightsaber and for the clones to be wearing Stormtrooper armor. Now, if you follow the comics, the Canon Vader comics by Marvel, I've covered every single one on the channel and I've created a full over two hour playlist where I bring them to life and act them out with some voices to the best of my ability. Now, Vader goes and executes Order 66 after Revenge of the Sith, finding Jedi and killing them. Now, this lightsaber that you see was constructed after he killed a Jedi and made the crystal bleed red. The Jedi Master that he killed was Kirak Infila. If you want to know more about this time period, please go watch that playlist. I will put it at the end of this video, and you can also find it on my channel. It's over two hours long and took me over a year to make. Or go and check out the comics for yourselves. They're really cool to see in person. So I'm going to guess this is maybe six months or so after Revenge of the Sith. Somewhere a couple months after to six months or so. I'm just going to guess that. Now the clones are also wearing Stormtrooper armor, and we see probe droids everywhere. The Empire switched to Stormtroopers because Sidious wanted a grand army. He just wanted numbers. The clones wearing Stormtrooper armor were still responsible for training a lot of the new enlistees that came in. However, due to their advanced accelerated accelerating aging process, they eventually died out pretty quickly. Vader walks to the destroyed Venator, now covered in snow and ice, as he grabs Ahsoka's lightsaber from the ground and grips it with two hands, igniting it. The blue blade makes you think of Luke on Hoth and how he ignited Anakin's lightsaber as well. A bird caused from above, this bird is Morai. This is the daughter from Mortis, the embodiment of the light side. She is watching him and she knows now that the Chosen One has changed the fate of the whole galaxy. As Vader looks at her, we can see Anakin's eyes beneath the red lenses, and if you brighten the image, they aren't Sith yellow, showing that perhaps holding Ahsoka's lightsaber brought a sliver of Skywalker out from the black-clad armor that is now holding Vader, and reduced his Sith eyes to their normal state for a moment. Now, that's just my theory. We get a shot of Ahsoka's clone trooper helmet. As we see in the reflection, Vader walks away, fading into the black of the iced visor. This symbolizes, at least to me, that Vader is walking away from Ahsoka, from the Jedi, from Anakin Skywalker and Padme, Obi-Wan and everyone else, walking away from his past and who he was as a young boy in Tatooine. All fading from who he was, like the ice around him, so is his heart as he vanishes to leave only the dead black of the visor like his now dead soul, created by George Lucas. This episode was absolutely amazing. It was very poetic, and like George would always say, it's like poetry, it rhymes. It was amazingly dark, like it should be for a Revenge of the Sith storyline, and the whole episode flew by. And while I do wish it was longer, I can't say I'm not happy with how it all ended, coming full circle. You know, I'm not here for a, a big timestamp. I just want to see a great episode and I feel like we got that. I would have liked to see some sewn-in parts of Revenge of the Sith like we got in the other episodes, you know, giving us an idea of what's happening, so I did some math, and if we're gonna go in leniency to how Revenge of the Sith went, even with the cuts in time, 
then we can sum it up like this. Order 66 is executed at exactly 1 hour 20 minutes in the movie, and in The Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 11, Shattered, it's executed at 10 minutes 33 seconds into the episode. I'm assuming Palpatine calls Rex sometime before or after Cody. The difference really is negligible here. So that means if Order 66 takes place at the same time pretty much, give or take a minute all over the galaxy, then from that moment in the Clone Wars to the end of that episode, it's only 13 minutes. Then if we add up 19 minutes of episode 12 start to when Ahsoka drops her lightsaber, we get 32 minutes altogether, the 19 and the 13 from episode 11 and 12. So if we go 32 minutes after one hour, 20 minutes in Revenge of the Sith, we arrive to Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting and Sidious and Yoda fighting. I'm guessing it's somewhere around that time, but hey, again, that's just my weird calculation off of, you know, we didn't really get anything in the show to show us where we're at in the film. I think it'd have been cool if we heard some echoes in the force of Obi-Wan saying, you know, you were the chosen one, or something like that. Or maybe even, I hate you. Anyways, the episode was beautiful, and I really can't wait to see the next animation project that Lucasfilm comes out with. I hope it'll pick up with Vader's story between Revenge of the Sith and Rebels. That's what we all want to see. This will be where he's really trying to come to terms with his new life as a Sith Lord, as the Darth Vader machine he has become. Hope you enjoyed this breakdown, and thank you everyone who joined the watch party. I had an absolute blast, and we'll do many more like that in the very near future. Catch you in the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Now, fulfill your destiny.